see everybody tonight. Let's all stand together, please. Take your hymnal. You're going to find page 413, Love Lifted Me. So good to see you. you got to sing out nice and loud. It's Sunday night. Let's get excited about being in the Lord's house. I was seeking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply saved the day, maybe to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now saved am I. Turn back a few pages and turn in 277. Hymn number 277, one of my favorite songs. We'll sing the first and last verses of Jesus Loves Even Me. What an amazing thought. I am so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest and Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me, Jesus loves even me. Oh, if there's only one song I can sing, when in his beauty I see the great King, this shall my song and eternity be. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me. a song called Behold Our God. It's been a collaboration between the adult choir and the teen choir, and I hope it blesses your heart. You guys get a double um, serving, because we're going to sing it Sunday morning as well, so, but you'll sleep since then, so I'm sure you won't even remember it, but I hope it's a blessing.
absolutely beautiful. I don't even know, I don't know what to say except for behold our God. Amen. Stand please, shake hands with those around you. I look back on all of my days, so many times in so many ways. I have been blessed, and all I can say is God is still good. Sometimes the night brings sorrow and pain. Sometimes the tears fall like the rain. But through it all, He's never changed. God is still good. God is still good. Please roll high. God is still good all through the night. When I've done all I can and I don't understand, God is still good. Clouds of doubt may darken the way. But showers of blessing may come any day. He'll bring me through, and all I can say 
God is still good. There have been times when I've let him down, made my mistakes, but still I have found I may stumble and fall. But through it all, God is still good. Mercy still flows from the palm of his hand. He will give grace and help me to stand. Although he knows how unworthy I am, God is still good. God is still good when the waves roll high. God is still good all through the night when I've done all I can and I don't understand. God is still good. Clouds of doubt may darken the way, but showers of blessings may come any day. He'll bring me through and I'll stand and say, God is still good. God is still good when the waves roll high. God is still good all through the night when I've done all I can and I don't understand. God is still good. Clouds of doubt may darken the way, but showers of blessing may come any day. He'll bring me through. And I'll stand and say, God is still good. Clouds of doubt may darken the way, but showers and blessing may come any day. He'll bring me through, and I'll stand and say, God is still good. God is still good. God is still good. evening. Uh, you'll notice that Pastor and Miss Wiggins are not here. They'll be on vacation this week, and they'll be on vacation next week as well, but he'll be back uh, Sunday morning. Um, uh, so we'll see him, see them again then, so be praying for them and uh, traveling mercies back and forth um, from over there to here, and that they'll get all the needed rest that they can get. Amen. Uh, ladies Fellowship this coming Thursday at 6.30, the Sisters of Grace Ladies Fellowship. Uh, meet back here in the Fellowship Hall at 6.30. Please sign up in, in the vestibule for that. Father's Day is only two weeks away, uh, so make plans to uh, be here. Bring your father if he is in the area still, and that'll be good. Uh, Vacation Bible School, again, is only two weeks away. We need all the drivers, all the teachers, all the teachers' helpers. All hands on deck for this. It takes the whole team together, the whole family getting this thing done. So uh, please, everybody be here. And then teen camp is only five weeks away, so let's be praying for that. And we're having on July 2nd. That is a Saturday, but it is a 
4th of July celebration. It's the, see if I can remember all this, and I'll make it up if I don't remember it, amen. It's the CBC Family Extravaganza Cookout Fellowship. All that together. So it's going to be a good time. You'll want to be here for that. Uh, don't want to miss it. And also will be a sign-up sheet for that. We take your hymn book out and turn to hymn number 102. Hymn number 102, let's stand and sing out on a, a favorite of um, everyone's. It's Jesus Loves Me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the A lot of times you'll see on the platform when the preacher and I are standing up here, um, he will lean over and say something to me and um, you don't hear all that. You, you just see some of that sometimes. Most of it is uh, he leans over and says, why'd you wear that ugly tie? <laughs> oh, I got preacher. Um, Sometimes he's giving me instructions to do different things uh, when, I, when I come down from the, the platform. And there are things that happen on the platform that you all are busy and that you, when you're shaking hands, we also are shaking hands up here. Uh, but one of the things you probably did not see um, or hear was when one of the graduates, Isaiah, this morning, when Brother Joey announced Isaiah, he came over and he said the things that he said. He's, he's going to be joining the Army, and I just filled out a request uh, or a um, recommendation form for him yesterday, and Brother Randy did the same. And um, 
his mom was so proud that he was going to be going to the military. And um, so when he received his envelope and, and he shook hands with me, shook hands with Brother Joey, and then he came over to the pastor, he shook hands with pastor, and he hugged preacher. And when he hugged preacher, this was, say this is preacher's ear, he leaned in and said, thank you, pastor, for all the messages that you preach for us. Yeah, that meant so much to me. I, I thought, that's a, that's a young man that's got, got it going right. Uh, I was so proud to hear him say that. It really touched my heart. And I'm going to, this week, I'm going to go out to his house and tell his mama about it. And uh, that's, that's a wonderful thing. Let's ask the Lord's blessings on our uh, service tonight, the remainder of our song service and then the preaching service. Brother Puckett, if you'll lead us, please.
so much of the music tonight, what a blessing, my goodness. Brother Mike, I, yeah, I see Brother Mike back there. He, um, years ago, funny the things that stick in your mind that people say, you know, um, Brother Mike Howell, years and years ago, he said to me, you know, a lot of the songs that, that we sing, you hear the choir sing, or then we hear a special. So especially after the choir sings, we just get up and start shaking hands. And he said, sometimes I just want to sit there and just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit that I've been enjoying during that song. And that song the choir sang tonight. There was definitely that. And so was that. Both of those soul-searching. That song the choir sang, I, I tell you, that the Bible talks about the earth being the Lord's footstool. How big is our God? The earth, the Bible talks about God can put the earth in the span of his hand, and the span of his hand is from here to here. How big is our God? And I got to tell you, when y'all sang that song tonight, it just made me feel not that I was so small, but that our God is so big. What an amazing thing that God loves us. And he had no, has no or had no need of us. What a, what a God. What a God. Let's go to the school of wisdom, please. That's the book of Proverbs. We'll get there. Actually, let's, let's not do that right yet. Let's go over to the book of Isaiah. Let's test your, your location skills of the books of the Bible tonight. <laughs> Isaiah chapter number 14. And there's some, there's some things that happen in the book of Isaiah. Just a way to open up our, our uh, lesson tonight. Really, I just want to talk to you about something. And um, I, I, I will tell you at the outset that... I've told our, our teens that every time that the sin of homosexuality, and they have the whole alphabet now, uh, every time that there, there is some great push forward that they are gaining ground in our country, I'm going to push back. <laughs> 
I'm going to push back. But I'm not here tonight to preach against homosexuality. Uh, I didn't come for that, although I will mention that a time or two. Actually, the, the topic of our lesson tonight is pride. And the reason we say it's a pushback against uh, homosexuality is that the, this has, has been some time now that this has uh, been named. June has been adopted as Pride Month. And they use the word pride to describe a lifestyle that they're proud of that. Um, I look at that as a different, different definition of pride. And, we'll, and by the way, my definition of pride doesn't matter. And, and neither does anyone else's necessarily. But what God says does matter. My feelings don't necessarily matter. My feelings will check up and move off just when I need them to hold on tight. But then they'll betray me. The Bible says that we're not to trust our hearts. They're desperately wicked. Who can know them? But I'll make a few mention, I'll make mention of that a little bit, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. Just we'll mention it. But there's these two ducks. I've been I've heard a few good jokes lately. And, and this is not necessarily a joke, it's an illustration. But these two ducks, they had a real good friend. He was a frog. I mean, they made good friends. And so they live in this pond together. I don't know their names. You can come up with their names if you want to. But um, the summertime sets in and the weather is getting hot just like it is now. And one thing leads to the next and all of a sudden they realize, oh, wait a minute. We're in trouble here in this pond. This thing's drying up. We got we to gotta get out of here. And so they come up with this idea that these ducks... One will take a stick and hold it in its beak, and then the other one is going to hold it in its beak, and then the frog then is going to hold on with his mouth, and then they're going to fly and find a bigger pond somewhere else. And so they, they take flight, and this thing is working. I mean, the plan is working. And so they're, they're 30, 40, 50 feet in the air and just... Oh, yeah, we see a, a nice pond up ahead, and it's in their heads, you know. Oh, yeah, we got this. And so they're doing really, really well, making good progress. And then this farmer comes along, or they come across this farm, and the farmer's down there, and he sees all this happening. He says, man, what a fantastic idea. I wonder who came up with that. And the frog could not resist taking credit for the whole thing. And he says, I did. His pride got the best of him. <laughs> so, Brother Tom, I didn't enjoy that joke. I don't know. Maybe pray about it. I'll give you a better one next time. <laughs> oh, goodness. We joke about pride sometimes, but did you know truthfully that pride is deadly? Pride truthfully is deadly. 
Pride is not only deadly, it's deadly serious. God doesn't joke about pride. God says what pride is. And I do believe that it is fitting that the alphabet crew have chosen that word pride to adopt their lifestyle. Our city commissioners here in Winter Haven very disappointed. There's a photo of our city commissioners that they're beaming with pride while there is a, I will say in quotes, pastor from an alternate lifestyle church that they come together and they are recognizing in the city of Winter Haven, the month of June as Gay Pride Month. I, I would just say that that pastor doesn't have a good working knowledge of the word pride in the Bible. God speaks of pride in Ezekiel 28. You don't have to turn there when he was speaking of Lucifer, Ezekiel 28, 15, he says, Thou was perfect in thy ways until iniquity was found in thee. What is iniquity? Iniquity is not just sin. Iniquity is gross sin. It is sin to the uttermost. Isaiah chapter number 14 so what is, what was that iniquity? Isaiah chapter 14, I think, shows us exactly what that sin was. He is talking about, God is talking about the devil here, who, or he's revealing what the devil has done, what he said. He's giving a synopsis of the devil's attitude. It's found in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How art, thou, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. These are the five I wills of Satan, the five I wills of Lucifer. God points them out there. What's the motivator in all of that? Pride. It's pride. God speaking of the original sin that really all other sins, it is the root of all other sin. It is pride. Pride is nasty dirty. Pride is absolutely the root of sin. Pride is a problem that many of us have. And those of us that think we don't have a problem probably are ate up with it. 
heard about a congregation, a preacher raised, says, if you have a problem with pride, raise your hand. Uh, let's just do it. If you have a problem with pride, raise your hand. He said this, I'm preaching to you tonight. And then he said, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you really need to listen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Pride. When I was a kid, you, you, you've heard people say, well, the Bible says this, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. And a lot of times, whatever they say, what well, the Bible says, it's some variation of what the Bible actually does say. I don't know why they used to tell me this, but my mama used to tell me, pride goeth before a fall, Bubba. I don't know why she told me that. <laughs> of course not, I'm not prideful. I said, Brother Tony, if you're prideful, man, you sure are mistaken. <laughs> that is so true. But did you know the Bible does not say that pride goeth before a fall? Look at Proverbs, please. Now let's go over to the school of wisdom. The Bible does not say that. The Bible actually says something much more severe than that. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 16 and verse number 18, pride goeth before Say the word, destruction. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. The attitude of highness, of boy, I really am something, that, that's before a fall. But that then leads to the attitude of pride which God says, now that is the thing that's going to bring destruction in your life. Not just in our lives, but in the lives of our families, in our homes, in our churches. Man, pride's, pride's about as bad as it can get. Pride is not just some little sin if there's such a thing. Pride is absolutely toxic. It is destructive. Pride says, I will do what I want. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do things my way. I'll do what I want. I'll do it when I want to do it. On my time, I'll do what I want, when I want, how I want. Notice the phrase, all of those phrases has that big letter I, 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 I. A lot of us have I problems and it has nothing to do with these, amen has everything not to do with our eyes. Our eye problem has everything to do with our hearts. Pride says, I'll do what I want, when I want, how I want. Don't stand in my way or I'll push you out of the way. 
Pride causes a man to be lazy but still feels like he deserves a paycheck. Entitlement. That's prize. That's pride, excuse me. Entitlement. I deserve that. Pride says I should get more than anyone else around me. Not because I worked harder than them, but just because I'm me. No, no, no. If we got what we deserve, can I tell you, you already know this. We're this the strong folks here tonight. If we got what we deserve, you already know that we'd be plowing the backside of hell already. We would already be in hell if we got what we deserve. Man, I don't want what I deserve. I want grace. And I'm so glad that the Lord offers grace. Give me what I want, and I want more than you, not because I worked harder or smarter. Pride says, I will drink and drive because my fun is much more important than your life. Pride on the part of the government says, we'll outlaw this and this and this, but we'll allow the sale of alcohol because it brings in money, and we need to have that. That's pride on the part of our government. Every year in our country, I've, I've said this so many times, every year in our country, more people are killed because of alcoholism, the effects of alcohol, and any alcohol-related deaths. More people are killed every year than the Americans that were killed in the Civil War, or excuse me, the Vietnam conflict, or war, you will call it. Pride has done more to destroy homes than any other sin. Adultery is the result of pride. A man not staying home and raising his family is a result of pride. Pride causes a man to leave his home and not even turn back to see a crying wife and, and children that need him. Pride has done more to tear up churches than any other sin. Pride. Church splits aren't, aren't because of the color of the carpet. Not because of the doctrine. It's because of Pride. Problems in the youth group, pride, <laughs> every time. Pride has done more to tear down our country than any other thing. The Democrats, I'm going to get my way, get our way, get our way. Republicans, I'm going to get our way. Nobody's concerned about doing things God's way. Pride, you got to have my way. Did you know that sin, the sin of pride, is also the heavy hitter when it comes to populating hell? Did you know that? 
heard about a man who was witnessing to a man. By the way, the man who was witnessing to the other man is sitting in this room right now. He cared enough about this man. He thought enough about him to share the gospel with him. And this is what he said to him in return. People like you need God. He was a very wealthy man. And he says to that faithful soul winner, people like you need God. Oh, the pride. The pride. Pride is an ugly thing. Now there is a pride that's not a wrong pride. Pride in a job well done. There's nothing wrong with being proud about the job that you've done unless you're telling everybody in Winter Haven. Let me tell you, I can do this better than anyone. Now you got a problem. <laughs> let, let your work speak for itself, amen? But work hard enough that it does speak for itself in a right way. <laughs> By the way, all of our work speaks for itself. And just what is it saying? Pride in a job well done is good. Pride in, in our country is good. When your child stands here and sings a song that the Holy Spirit uses to be a blessing to everybody here, that's a good pride. Sinful pride is much different. It's an attitude of self-sufficiency that says, I don't need God. I don't need God. Can I tell you that the one breath that we have in our lungs says that we do need God. We do, in fact, need God. The man of Luke chapter 12, he was the pinnacle of self-sufficiency. He said, my, 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 look at all these things that I've brought to myself. Oh, wait a minute, my barns are too small. I can't put all my fruits there. I can't put all my grain there. I know what I'll do. I'll tear down those barns and build greater barns. And then I'll sit back and say, so look what you've done. You've got all this. Take ease. God says, thou fool, thou fool. Pride is self-sufficiency, the attitude of self-sufficiency. Pride is the attitude of ungratefulness also. We want more because we feel like we deserve more. I, I deserve more than this. I deserve better than this. I try to remind myself often what the scripture says about our Lord. It says, he hath not where, he hath not where to lay his head. I, I try to remember that. We all have it better than that, don't we? Pride is placing ourselves above others. And that is a 
That is a stinking attitude, isn't it? Do you know you never get the right view of God if you're always looking down at others? You're always looking down and never looking up. We'll look up at God, we'll find out how small we are, and then we won't walk around like we're big, like we're really something. And let me tell you something too. Pride shows up so fast. I mean, it's like split second. It it comes to the party. We're coming through the canal the other day on our boat. (laughs) And somebody on another boat come through. I didn't recognize them. They recognized me from a distance. And I was just trying to, truthfully, I'm just trying not to run into somebody. There's a thousand boats out there. (laughs) This young man says, hey, what are you doing? I went, I mean, that fast, man. You say, well, who was it? It was Justin. (laughs) I'm ready that fast to fight a teenager that grew up in our youth group. (laughs) Pride showed up. I mean, that fast. Hey, what are you doing? What? Oh, hey, Justin. Man. So you're beyond that, brother Tony. You want to bet? I bet you I got more pride than you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what the Bible says about us and other people? The Bible says that we're to esteem others, l- listen now, as better than us, better than ourselves, Philippians 2. Esteem others as better than ourselves. Most of us don't have a problem <laughs> with the turning it the other way around. Let me give you a pride test real quick. I'm going to have to hurry with this thing. By the way, spiritual school is never out. Amen? It's never out. It's always in. We all need to be doing some spiritual growing don't say amen if you if some of this hits you. It's just it's hold me, yeah. All this hits me, every bit of it. Say, so how do you know the Holy Spirit gave you that message, Brother Tony? Because it is I'm so convicted right now. When there's such conviction. Here's a pride test. A proud person gets irritated when they've been corrected. That does not feel good, does it? You know what I've watched our pastor do before? I have seen this numerous times. I knew what someone said about a certain thing, and the preacher knew what was said about a certain thing, or a number, or whatever. It doesn't even matter. And then this person says, well, what really happened was, and then preacher, oh, okay. 
And preacher could have said, no, that is not the way it happened. Or, no, you're mistaken. No, you're wrong. But you know what our preacher has done? I've seen it happen so many times. He just says, oh, okay. That is when I am truly in school. I'm watching and I'm learning. Because my temperament says, no, no, no. And that's a lot of us, amen. A proud person hates to be corrected. A proud person also, they accept praise for things they really had no contribution in. You know all those models that get paid so much money for being what our world says is so attractive? That, that could be, I, I would imagine, that could be a thing that causes pride. <laughs> but what did they do to be born handsome or good looking? Well, what did they do? What kind of effort did they put in? God just gave that to them. Or some, someone that has incredible knowledge. God just gave that to them. God has given them a gift that God, that he expects them to use that for him. Not to heap it upon themselves. A proud person finds, finds it very difficult to admit mistakes. How are you doing on this test so far? I'm failing. A proud person says, I'd rather just go along without you. A prideful person is always in competition with others. A prideful person will not accept counsel. Now that's, that's hard. This is a, this is a real thought-provoking thing here. A prideful person does not get enjoyment out of having things. A prideful person gets enjoyment out of having more things than you. You see the difference? It's not about a thing. It's just being above you that they're concerned about. God's view of sin is that it is awful. I had a cousin that had an old Mustang Mach something, one or two or nine, however many there were. And it wasn't one that you would think, oh man, what a nice car. No, this thing was a beater. It was awful. <laughs> I don't know if I had a cousin that had a nice car. But in, I mean, he thought it was really something because he got these brand new floor mats. And these floor mats, there was the Tasmanian devil. Some of y'all know who that is, some of y'all don't. But he's that guy. And on that floor mat, it said, evil, wicked, mean, and nasty. 
man, when I grow up, I will never get those floor mats. <laughs> thought, how stupid. But if you're wondering what God's view of sin is, it's that. Evil, wicked, mean, and nasty. Look at Proverbs chapter 6. The Bible says in verse number 16, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Look what tops the list. Number 17, a proud look. A proud look. That's, you ever seen someone, they just, when they walk, you can just see the arrogance and the pride just dripping off of them. I've been at the red light before and seen people, they they just sit there and you can look at them and see the pride on them. You look at that and you're like, and then it's the pride in you that says, no, you ain't all that. You got no reason to be doing all that. It's like my pride then wants to fight their pride. I'm going to bring my pride to the fight, fella. God hates pride. These six things that the Lord hate. God absolutely hates pride, he says. Look at chapter 16, same book. The Bible says, everyone that is proud in heart is, look, an abomination to the Lord. That word abomination is reserved for some serious sin, isn't it? Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Homosexuality says, I don't care how you made me, I'll do what I want. That's abomination. God hates pride because it defies God. Shakes its fist in the face of God and says, I'm, I'm just fine, I don't need you. Satan's original sin was pride. What was Eve's sin? Eating fruit? There's all the fruit she can handle in the garden. It's when the devil said, it'll make you to have knowledge like God. Pride. Just that fast. It showed up that fast. And I'm talking about someone that walks with God every evening. And pride still showed up. Look at the damage that's been done after that. Pride defies God. Pride also defiles man. Use this illustration in Sunday school this morning. We, to be defiled doesn't mean that you just got dirty. It means that something is rotten, putrid. This past week, Jeff across the street 
someone gave him some chicken about a month ago. And he had it in the freezer uncooked, had freezer burned, so he threw it. He said, I ain't going to eat that chicken, and threw it in the garbage outside. And because he's not there a lot, he only takes his garbage out so often. I walked outside. I'm like, oh, it looks like a beautiful day. What is that? I mean, the smell of death. We had a guy over at the house spraying the other day. He gets out of the car. He says, sir, I, I, I'm catching a hint of something dead. And I said, it's not a hint. It's that can. Lift up that can. And it was like six inches deep of maggots in that thing. I mean, I'm telling you, you could scoop it. <laughs> the last of the X-rated preachers. <laughs> That's what defilement is. And sin, that pride, of, that sin of pride defiles man. David's sin said, I don't have to go to battle. I'll go relax while everyone else is fighting. I'll rest. I deserve to rest while you're fighting. I'm the king. Oh, wait, look, there's a very beautiful woman. I'm the king. Big deal. Pride. The origin of pride is the heart, Proverbs 16. Everyone that is proud in heart. That's in verse 5. Everyone that is proud in heart. Look at Proverbs 21. A high look in a proud heart. Proud heart. David's heart was full of pride and so he did something that defiled him pride also divides people back to Proverbs chapter 13 please the Bible says now I want you to Notice, take notice of that very first word in this verse. Because words matter to God, amen? Proverbs 13, verse 10. Only, only, only. That sure does narrow things down, doesn't it? Only by pride cometh contention. That word contention means fighting. It's only because of pride pride that people fight it's only because of pride that marriages fail it's only because of pride that churches split it's only because of pride that there are wars only because of pride only because of pride that there are people being shot and killed because of road rage it's all pride. Only by pride cometh contention. You know what the real cleanser for pride is? 
I was wrong. That's it. I was wrong. By the way, this is pride too. When me and Miss Amy have a fuss, I know that is shocking to you. It, do they still have the live feed in the nursery? No? no? All right, so when we have a fuss, it normally... <laughs> no, I, I will tell you the truth. I, I won't just preach. I'll tell you the truth. 100% of the time, when we fuss, it is her fault until I realize that it was mine. <laughs> that is accurate. Can I tell you what else is pride in a fuss? When someone says, I'll just take the high road. That is so prideful too. <laughs> Yeah, our fusses, it's all about pride, all of us. Only by pride. Pride is the great divider of all people. That's why some races might think they're superior to others. Pride. God created us all, didn't he? In his image, didn't he? Pride deceives. It puts you, I want to put me first. I want to lift myself up. Do whatever it takes to promote me. But God says, if you want to be lifted up, humble yourself. Isn't that very different than what our pride says? Humble thyself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. In due time. Proverbs 29, 23. Look what Proverbs actually, or excuse me, what pride actually delivers. It promises praise, but it delivers something very different. A man's pride shall bring him low. Pride promises praise, but it delivers shame. It deceives I want to give you one more verse and we're done tonight. This to me is likely the worst thing about pride and it's not in Proverbs. Go please to 1 Peter chapter 5. This is likely to me the worst thing. Actually it is. First Peter chapter 5, the Bible says in verse 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For, that word for means in order to, it also means because of. So you can read it, because of God resisteth the proud. 
God resists the proud. You want to know what the worst thing about pride is? For the unsaved person, the worst thing about pride is that it keeps them from being saved. It keeps them in their unsaved condition. I don't have to do things your way. If you want to go to heaven, you do. Well, why do I have to believe that? Because I'm God, and this is, my, this is the path to me. Some people will be so prideful that they will, if you've heard the saying, they cut off their nose to spite their face. Some people will be so determined to prove God wrong that they will go to hell to do it. And they still were not successful. Pride keeps unsaved people in their unsaved condition because God is resisting them. But listen, please. God resists the proud Christian, too. He resists the proud Christian. One of the things that hinders revival probably more than anything else is pride. God resists the proud. I don't want God's resistance. I want God's help. I need God's help. We all do. Let's stand please with our heads bowed. If you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the most important thing that you can do is to come humbly before God and say, God, I need you. I need your dear son. Would you please save me? That's humbling yourself before God. And to that, God says, yes. Yes. But maybe there are those of us tonight that as we begin to search our minds and our hearts about this subject of pride, maybe we have found some of that. The Holy Spirit may have pointed it out in some corner of our heart someplace and says you might need to deal with that. Maybe we can come down to the altar tonight and talk to the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we recognize pride in our lives, Lord, to extinguish it immediately by bringing it to you and asking forgiveness for it. Lord, I ask that you bless the invitation time. Lord, I pray that you would accomplish in this time what you want to see accomplished. Lord, if there's souls here that need to be saved, Lord, I pray you'd give them the courage to step out and receive you tonight. And then, Lord, if there are those that need to be closer to you, um, they need to confess the sin of pride, help them to do that. And then, Lord, there might be those that just want to come down to the altar and just say, Lord, I want to tell you that I love you. And maybe 
replay in their mind again, behold our God that we heard at the beginning of the service. And just praise you for being who you are. Lord, we turn this invitation time over to you now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If the Lord has spoken to your heart, now's the time to come, please. folks still here at the altar if you need to come we'll sing one more verse